Hi there, welcome to or welcome back to the Shift Control Podcast. My name is Paul McAnallen. Thanks for joining me um, today, the day after the 2020 Oscars, which is a very tenuous link, I guess, to this week's podcast and follows on the back of the movie reference in last week's podcast where it was about Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross and Alec Baldwin and... This week's podcast is all about the movie um, Moneyball. Moneyball is a movie um, starring Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, um, made in 2011, and it's based on a a book of the same name, which is, uh, again, based on an American baseball team called the Oakland Athletics, um, and the season, the 2002 season, where... They had attempted to beat the New York Yankees, I think it was. Um, and it's all about how they try to do it with um, in a different way. They, they were probably... In the movie, Brad Pitt describes them as kind of the lowest of the low and they couldn't compete with the New York Yankees on the field and they definitely couldn't compete with the New York Yankees off the field. So they had to think about different ways to try and um, combat the... A very very successful team and a franchise with history and pedigree, etc., etc. So using this equation on the upper left right here, I'm projecting that we need to win at least 99 games in order to make it to the postseason. We need to score at least 814 runs in order to win those games and allow no more than 645 runs. What's this? This is the code that I've written for our year-to-year projections. This is building in all the intelligence that we have to project players. Okay. It's about getting things down to one number. Using the stats the way we read them, we'll find value in players that nobody else can see. People are overlooked for a variety of biased reasons and perceived flaws. Age, appearance, personality. Bill James and mathematics cut straight through that. Billy, of the 20,000 notable players for us to consider, I believe that there is a championship team of 25 people that we can afford because everyone else in baseball undervalues them. Like an island of misfit toys. So that clip doesn't really tell you much about the movie. It kind of explains uh, the whole premise um, of using data analytics as an evaluation system beyond the baseball's existing scouting system where people were judged on various different metrics, <clears throat> normally um, metrics that ultimately didn't really have a lot to do with their skill, um, their scoring rates, their RBOs. Or, um, I'm not really a, a baseball aficionado, but there's a lot of data analytics well, in every sport. <clears throat> um the point I'm trying to get to with this is that it um, served the Oakland Athletics fairly well in that season, um, but they didn't win the World Series. At the end of the season, um, the Boston Red Sox came back and asked the Brad Pitt character to go and play with them and be their manager or general manager, and he declined it. He, at that stage, he was declining a 
salary of 11 or 12 million dollars, which would have made him the best paid coach in baseball. And then I think it was either the next year or the year after the Boston Red Sox decided to copy his formula anyway and they went and won the World Series for the first time in, in decades. Um, I think the Boston Red Sox are owned by this Fenway Sports who think owns Liverpool as well and Liverpool are into this analytics um, style of uh, team selection and um, I'm really belittling the whole thing by saying that but that's just what I know about it. So what has this got to do with sales? Um, well, I think it's got kind of everything to do with sales. What I what I have done in a couple of sessions recently is work with some teams who are performing at a particular level. And I think it's always important to get a good baseline of where you believe uh, and the team believes that they're performing. Um, when you strip things down, people are not always performing at the level they think they are, regardless of the results that they have been achieving on an ongoing basis. So you take... Um, a very basic premise of what constitutes good salespeople. And you break it down into a kind of a practical and an emotional um, framework. So the practical is um, getting a baseline score for all of those practical characteristics and behaviours that a salesperson needs to um, be utilising uh, be utilizing utilize on a daily basis so for example telephone call telephone selling presentations um, uh, writing emails uh, follow-up calls networking all of these kind of practical things that a salesperson kind of has to do to deliver business so it's either through acquisition or retention and if it's new customer or client acquisition then they've got to think about prospecting so uh, emails out, calls out, flyers sent, proposals made, quotations delivered, jobs closed, and all of that stuff is measurable. So you take a benchmark from where you think they are performing right now and then try and point northwards where you want them to work towards over a particular time frame, be that quarter on quarter, half year, or by the end of year. And you take a look at some of the emotional uh, characteristics and the behavioral side of selling so emotional intelligence is a good one. So how often do they sit and think about the emotional intelligence required to fully get inside the prospect or their buyer's, the buyer's head? Um, emotional intelligence is one. Um, Likeability, <clears throat> memorability, um, kind of dependable. There's about 11 different characteristics that I would work through um, being understood. How easy is it for people to understand you? and so on and so forth and then take a benchmark on that and find out where you score now so try and get a 360 try and get speaking to some customers try and get three, speaking to some peers and then do a, a, a review of your own personal activity and then sit down with a manager and see how that fits get a score and then commit to working to a certain point beyond that to get better um, which is kind of, it's once you're able to identify those characteristics it may not be that all characteristics are relevant for that person's growth or the growth of that team. So what you can do is quarantine the ones that are relevant and focus on those that you think will add the most value quickest or the most value over the longer period of time that's relevant to your business needs. And that's not really all that complex. Um, if you really sit down and think about it, you need a starting point and you need a destination. So a phrase that I, I would use quite a lot in the coaching 
is start your journey with a destination in mind and lock down on that destination, be that sales figures, growth, revenue, profitability, whatever, and then create a process that will help you deliver to those uh, destination targets. And then it takes quite a bit of uh, guts and and it's kind of counterintuitive to human behavior, but just ignore the destination. And instead of focusing on the the destination, become a slave to a process um, that you're going to deliver on day in, day out. And within that process, you have those practical and behavioral um, characteristics that you need to change or you need to work on. So you're really focusing all your effort on the stuff that you can change and that will impact your, the outcome quicker than anything else. Um, that's a kind of a brief overview. I think it's very important to consider that. I, I think it's less about you know, script writing and it's less about, you know, content, all of which are important, but really if you're rehearsing all of the wrong things and you're working really hard at changing all of the things that will have no impact, then you just get completely disillusioned. You make no progress whatsoever. And ultimately it has an impact on morale. It has an impact on sales figures, um, profitability, growth and all that stuff, the stuff you measured on. So really I think that um, if you're moving away from the predictable sales coaching and sales training kind of areas where you know want people to work harder and you want them to come in earlier and you want them to negotiate better and everything else. Um, whilst those sentiments are honourable and probably worthy and noble, they're really ultimately quite pointless. Um, it's very challenging uh, to think like this because, again, the uh, kind of behaviour, the accepted wisdom of the scouting system in the um, Major League Baseball was that you had... All these guys with years and years of experience who would use their experience and gut feel to select players um, to add to the new roster uh, for the following season. And this is moving away from something that's maybe a traditional way of coaching or a traditional way of salespeople to behave. So it's very challenging. It's not going to um, sit comfortably with those people who are really reticent to change and who struggle with a change in any environment. Um you're going to have to create a culture whereby learning and personal development is encouraged because it's all about personal development and learning, um, learning to get better at um, fine-tuning your skills and persistence and resilience, fine-tuning uh, a growth mindset. All that stuff needs work and it's going to be trying to reframe habits and rituals that people have been conditioned into regardless of their age and background you know a 25 year old is going to struggle as uh, you know to to change from a certain behavior that he has been introduced to say when he was 18 similarly to a 35 and 40 40 year old or um and so on um it requires innovation it requires an entirely different way of thinking so as a management team you've got to be set up for it as a sales team you've got to be ready for it and to a degree, your customers are going to have to in some way buy into this idea because you're going to sell to them ultimately in a different way or the the, the sales process will certainly look different to what they're used to with you. Um, you've got to measure this, so it's uh, important that you can set KPIs against it. And in turn, what that means is that if it's not working, you've got to find a way to fix it. So whether that's through the people not making it work or you're not working it as a manager or it's just not fitting, You've always got to be able to to put the handbrake on and go again, stop and go again, stop and go again. Um, And it's going to simplify things. So whereas 
you're going to use data for in its very simple terms. And if it if it says that you need to make twenty calls to deliver um, 20, 20 flyers to go out to get five twenty calls made to speak to five people to get one meeting, and you need five meetings to generate three proposals, and you've got to get ten proposals out to close four of them. Um, etc etc those analytics will be there those trends will be there and if you're not looking at them in your business already you really need to start looking for them because the trends are there and that will in turn help you shape um, your process and shape the performance of your team and ultimately shape the performance of the individuals within your team as well Um, it's a really good movie outside of that Um, Jonah Hill plays a um, a kind of a boffin, a Yale or Harvard boffin, who in his first job is able to prove that this type of analysis works. Um, it's unlike most other sport movies in so far as it's pretty close to reality. Um, it's based on a book um, and maybe there are two or three things that are somewhat different, but by and large, it's all fairly accurate. And it's an interesting spin on on um a sport that I'm not that familiar with, but it's a good movie. And yeah, check it out. It's called Moneyball. If you haven't seen it, it's well worth a duke. Um, hope that makes sense. Um, thanks for staying this long. And uh, if you want to reach me outside of this platform, the website is shift-control.co.uk um, or email me paul at shift-control.co.uk. So yeah, thanks and I'll talk to you again.